Nats Chat is brought to you by Walters. Hey, get ready, Washington, D.C. sports fans. The D.C. Defenders are making history by hosting the first football playoff game in D.C. in over a decade. The game is happening this Sunday afternoon, April 30th at 3 at Audi Field. The excitement is building, and we're thrilled to announce that Walters Sports Bar will be opening early on Sunday at 10 a.m. for the game. Get your game face on, bring your friends, and join us for a fun-filled day of football, food, and drinks. Don't miss this chance to be a part of Washington, D.C. sports history. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Left side of the infield, they play way toward the middle. And a swing by Ruiz and a drive to deep right center field. Nimmo going back, looking up. It's going, going, and gone goodbye. K-Bat Ruiz with his second home run of the year. Reyes comes set. Runners lead. The base is loaded. 3-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. He struck him out with the cutter. Josiah Gray with the biggest pitch of the night. Strikes out Marte. On three and two with the runners going and bases loaded for his ninth strikeout of the game. And the Mets are kept off the board. The 1-1. Breaking ball, ground ball up the middle, Lindor ranging, diving, it's by him, base hit center field. Garcia's going to score, and the Nationals lead five to nothing. Joey Manessis has three hits, he's driven home two. And welcome to Nats Chat for Wednesday, April 26, 2023. I'm Al Galdi, host of the Al Galdi podcast. Mark Zuckerman is off for this installment of the pod. We on Tuesday only had one actual Nationals game, and yet we had two Nats victories. Coming up later in the show, I will address the Nats' big win in the Masson dispute, but uh, my friends, we have a Nationals shutout victory to discuss, to sink our teeth into, a 5 nothing win at the New York Mets on Tuesday night in game one of a three-game series. Meet the Mets. Beat the Mets. That's what the Nats did on Tuesday night. Nats now are 8 and 14. Hey, don't forget to check out our new website, NatsChatPodcast.com, which allows you to listen to previous installments of the podcast, allows you to contact the show, allows you to order a Nats Chat Podcast t-shirt. We appreciate you supporting the podcast any way that you can. Also, a big help is if you subscribe to rate and review the podcast. You can subscribe to the podcast via most platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. A subscription to the pod costs you nothing and make sure that you never miss an episode. You on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify can rate the podcast. Five-star ratings are very much appreciated. And you on Apple Podcasts can write a review saying that you like the podcast. The review can be just a sentence or two. 
But thank you very much for subscribing, rating, and reviewing. So the Nationals over Josiah Gray's first four starts in this regular season amazingly had totaled a mere one run. That was one of the more staggering stats to this Nats season. Well, the Nats on Tuesday night totaled five runs, and Gray more than held up his end of the bargain. Josiah Gray on Tuesday night was great. Six scoreless innings with nine strikeouts. He gave up just four hits, a double, and three singles. He issued just one walk. He threw 91 pitches, 60 strikes versus 30 balls. Gray per stat cast had a healthy mix of four pitches, a four-seam fastball, which he threw on 45% of his pitches, a slider, which he threw on 23% of his pitches, a curveball, which he threw on 16% of his pitches, and a cutter, which he threw on 15% of his pitches. Gray seemingly had everything working, and Gray was dominant. Like I said, six shutout innings with nine strikeouts. Gray twice over the first four innings generated swinging strikeouts of Pete Alonso. Here was Nats manager David Martinez during his postgame session with reporters on Tuesday night on Josiah Gray. I think he surprised him a lot, just throwing his fastball down for strikes. I mean, he threw a lot of first pitch strikes, um, and then he used his, his cutter and slider from that. But um, I think, the, the, honestly, the key that's the key for him is the fastball. You know, we talk about it all the time, fastball in the strike zone, keeping it down, you know, everything else works for him. So what a great great day, man. I mean, high leverage situation. Uh, Short got a really good hit on Marte. You know, that was awesome. You know, we thought about sending him back out. The inning got long. He had 91 pitches, so... I think I thought the right thing to do was to get him out and with a in a high note. There are times when you've kind of gone the other way where you want to test him, maybe with the first couple of batters of the next inning. Is there part of you who just wanted him to kind of take that six and you know leave it at bat? Yeah, and coming into coming into today, knowing you know what he's done, he's been uh, his last three starts, he's been 103, 102, 98. Yeah. So I kind of wanted this to be a little lower, and, uh, and like I said, he. he did a great job, and, and that high leverage situation came out at an easier inning in the sixth, and I thought that was good. Yeah, Josiah Gray on Tuesday night pitched like an ace, and what he has done since his bad first start of this regular season has been so encouraging. So we had that 7-1 loss to the Atlanta Braves at Nationals Park on April 1st. Gray in that game, five runs in five innings. He was not good. He gave up three home runs, including a home run to each of the first two batters he faced. A terrible outing. But since then, April 6th, 1-0 loss at the Colorado Rockies. One run in six innings with six strikeouts. April 11th, a 2-0 loss at the Los Angeles Angels. Two runs in five and two-thirds innings. April 18th, a 1-0 loss to the Orioles at Nationals Park. One run in five innings. And now April 25th, a 5-0 win at the New York Mets. Six scoreless innings with nine strikeouts. Josiah Gray, since that hideous first start, has allowed four runs in 22 and two-thirds innings, and he, over those four starts, has allowed just one home run. I don't know that we can declare that the Josiah Gray home run problem is over, that the glitch has been fixed, but geez, off giving up the three home runs in the first game to have allowed just one home run over his last four games, outstanding. I mean, Josiah Gray, over his first two major league regular seasons, 2021 and 2022, gave up a staggering 57 home runs in 219 and a third innings. But he now, in this regular season, has given up just the four home runs in 27 and two-thirds innings. And like I said, three of the homers came in that first start. Love what we're seeing from Josiah Gray. And (laughs) how do you not love what we're seeing 
from reliever Mason Thompson. This shutout win for the Nats at the Mets on Tuesday night was the work of just two pitchers, Josiah Gray and Mason Thompson. This wasn't Josiah Gray and, say, three relievers. No, this was Josiah Gray and one reliever, and his name is Mason Thompson. Thompson on Tuesday night, three scoreless innings for the save, as he was great once again. Four strikeouts versus just one hit, which was a single and no walks. He threw just 28 pitches. Think about that now. Three scoreless innings on just 28 pitches, 22 of which were strikes. Thompson threw 22 strikes versus just six balls, a strikes-to-balls ratio of nearly four to one. So your updated numbers for Mason Thompson now in the regular season here, 18 and two-thirds innings, an ERA of 0.96, a whip of 0.59. And consider for a moment the volume, okay? 18 and two-thirds innings. How about this? (laughs) Mason Thompson as a reliever has thrown more innings than Chad Cool has as a starter, despite Cool having been in the Nats rotation since opening day. 18 and two-thirds innings for Thompson, 18 and a third innings for Cool. Thompson is giving the Nats length with these multi-inning relief outings, and he's giving the Nats excellence in these outings. What a job by Mason Thompson so far this season. The Nationals' offense on Tuesday night was good. Five runs, 11 hits, six walks, and Nats went four for 12 with runners in scoring position. To me, you had four offensive standouts for the Nats in this game. Cape Ruiz, Joey Manessis, Luis Garcia, and Alex Cole. So Cape Ruiz was your Nats starting catcher and number five batter. He got on base four times, three for four, with a solo homer, two singles, and a walk. Yes, the Nats did homer on Tuesday night, just their 11th home run here in the regular season. But Cape Ruiz in the Nats one run second. A one-out solo homer to right center field. Oh, the homer went a projected 414 feet per stat cast and finally marked the Nats scoring with Josiah Gray pitching. That home run marked the first run scored by the Nats in a game started by Josiah Gray in four games. That, that was amazing. The Nats getting shut out in three consecutive games started by Josiah Gray. But shut out, the Nats were not on Tuesday night. So Ruiz had that home run in the one-run second. Top of the fifth, he drew a two-out walk. Top of the sixth, He had a two-out single to right field, and top of the eighth, he had a two-out first-pitch single up the middle. Cape Ruiz for this regular season now has an on-base percentage of 350. Joey Manessis on Tuesday night as an ad-starting DH and number four batter, three for five with two RBI singles and another single. Uh, Manessis in the Nats one run second had a leadoff single on a weird play, a ball that went off the Mets third baseman, Brett Beatty and into foul territory behind the left field line. Now, Manessis did get thrown out in his attempt to stretch the single into a double, but he did get a hit there, and then he had two more hits. Uh, One run third, a two-out opposite field RBI single to right center field for a 2-0 Nats lead. That's an RBI single for Joey Manessis and a 2-0 Nationals lead. Clutch hit for Manessis as he delivers the run-scoring single. And Manessis in the Nats three-run sixth, a two-out RBI single up the middle, for a 5-0 Nats lead. You still want to see Joey Manessis hit for more power, but he is hitting lately. Just a lot of singles, but he is hitting lately. So that has been good. Luis Garcia on Tuesday night, he was an Nats starting second baseman and number two batter. So he was back up to that two spot. He only went one for five, but the one was a big two-run double. Uh, Garcia in the Nats three-run sixth, a one-out full-count two-run double off the right center field wall for a 4-0 Nats lead, despite having been down to the count at one point one, two, and the on-base machine continues to get on base. Alex Cole, he was an ad starting left fielder and number one batter. 
He got on base four times. He went two for three with two singles and two walks. Call in that Nats one run third, drew a one out walk. Top of the fourth, drew a two out walk. Call in the Nats three run sixth, a one out opposite field single through the right side of the infield. And call in the top of the seventh, a two out infield single to the left side of the infield. Look, it's not sexy with Alex Call, okay? But Alex Call for this regular season now has an on-base percentage of 354, and he's number one on the Nats in walks with 13. So he's doing some things well in terms of uh, the pretty significant playing time that he's been receiving. So really nice win for the Nats on Tuesday night. Game two for the Nats at the Mets is on Wednesday night at 7-10, and Mackenzie Gore will be the Nats starting pitcher. Boy, wouldn't it be nice if we started to have sort of a scenario of can you top this between Josiah Gray and Mackenzie Gore? And, you know, we kind of sort of have had that these last few weeks, but off the tremendous outing from Gray on Tuesday night, uh, who knows? Maybe Gore is even better on Wednesday night. We hope. We shall see. Hey guys, it's Al Galdi for Window Nation. Everyone loves a smart investment, especially right now, and there is no better place to put your money right now than in your home. If your home is 20 years old or older, Window Nation has the perfect offer for you. Get 0% financing for five years. This is unheard of, zero interest for five years. Plus, Window Nation will give you two free windows for every two windows that you buy. Protect and increase the value of your home today. Get this special deal. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com and tell Window Nation that Al Galdi sent you. You can save up to 30% on your energy bills. You can increase the value of your home by up to $12,000 and you can pay zero interest for five years and get two free windows for every two windows that you buy. And this goes for any style of window from Window Nation. There is no limit. Save thousands of dollars on your new windows and then save thousands of dollars on your energy bills, all while upgrading the look and feel of your home. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. That's 866-90NATION or windownation.com and tell Window Nation that you want the deal that you heard about from Al Galdi on the Nats Chat Podcast. Again, zero interest for five years plus two free windows for every two windows that you buy. 866-90NATION or windownation.com. That's 866-90NATION or windownation.com and tell Window Nation that Al Galdi sent you. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. McNeil, 0 for 3. Now the pitch swung on a ground ball right side. Right to Garcia. He has it. He straightens and throws to Smith. And a curly W's in the books here in New York. So we on Tuesday night had the Nats win. But we on Tuesday morning had big news in the Masson dispute. Ah, yes. (laughs) The Masson dispute, that thing that has been going on for more than a decade, that tedious, ridiculous thing that refuses to end. So a major occurrence in the Masson dispute a while back was something called the RSDC, the Revenue Sharing Definitions Committee, which was created by Major League Baseball, twice ruling that the Nats in the Masson dispute were owed $296.8 million for games from 2012 through 2016, okay? So $296.8 million. The O's slash Masson, because they are essentially the same thing, paid the Nats $197.5 million. The O's slash Masson still owe the Nats $99.3 million. It was in October 2020 that the New York Supreme Court's appellate division ruled against the O slash Masson in an appeal. But the O slash Masson said that they would take the case to the state of New York Court of Appeals, which is New York's highest court. Well, it wasn't until Tuesday morning that we got the decision from the state of New York Court of Appeals. Yes, what we got on Tuesday morning, understand this now, was an appeals decision on something from October 2020. It is late April 2023. (laughs) And this decision that we got on Tuesday morning harkened back to something from October 2020. Put aside what the decision was, put aside wherever you may stand in the mass in dispute. If this doesn't perfectly capture the painful, never-ending nature of the mass in dispute, I don't know what does that it wasn't until late April 2023 that we got a ruling on something from October 2020. Anyway, what we got on Tuesday morning was a ruling in favor of the Nats. In fact, all six judges ruled in favor of the Nats. Now, of course, this doesn't mean that the mass in dispute is over. This was a legal victory for the Nats, to be sure. This was a significant victory for the Nats, to be sure. But A, the O slash mass still could take the case to the U.S. Supreme Court, if you could believe that, although the U.S. Supreme Court would have to decide to take the case, and uh, there is a belief that the U.S. Supreme Court might decide to not even hear the case. But there's also this. What was at issue in this ruling that we learned of on Tuesday morning was money for, again, 2012 through 2016. Uh, We still have to figure out 2017 and beyond. So we have a ways to go in the Masson dispute. The Masson dispute has hurt the Nats in so many ways 
it really is something when you think about it, because what you have right now is, to me, the mass in dispute hurting the Nats in a new way and in an especially costly way. So you have the basic thing, which is the Nats having been denied hundreds of millions of dollars that the team should have already received. Okay, Now, I'm not sure how much this actually has impacted the on-field product for the Nats, because the Nats owners, the learners, whatever you think about them, to their credit, they for years spent money on players. The Nats per Cots baseball contracts ranked in the top 10 in MLB in year-end 40-man payroll in each of eight consecutive seasons, 2013 through 2020. There aren't many teams in Major League Baseball that can say that. The Nats can say that. And while you maybe can say, hey, that some of the big name players who the Nats have traded in recent years might still be on the team, if not for the mass in dispute, you know, I wouldn't be so sure of that, okay? I mean, it's quite possible that the money that the Nats have been denied via the mass in dispute is money that simply would have been pocketed by the learners, you know, that would have just made the learners richer. But whatever the case, the Nats have been denied hundreds of millions of dollars that the team should have already received, okay? That's undeniable. Additionally, I believe that the way that Masson has been run has hurt the Nats and also has hurt the O's, by the way. We all know this, okay? Masson is run on the cheap. And that's not a shot at the people who work at Masson. There are a number of really good people who work at Masson. But the way that Masson is run, it's basically run to air Nationals games and Orioles games. And that's basically it, okay? Masson basically runs Nats and O's games and pregame and postgame shows, and the rest of the programming is largely, you know, college basketball and college football games, ESPN news, infomercials, that kind of a thing. One of the things that really opened my eyes was a few years ago, I used to have DirecTV, and DirecTV would allow you to watch other regional sports networks. And so I would watch like Yes Network in New York, Yankee Entertainment and Sports Network, and SNY in New York, things like that. And I would see what was on those regional sports networks. And it would like really strike me how different those networks were as compared to Masson. And you know, you could say, hey, yes, SNY, those are New York RSNs. And that's true. They are. But still, like take, for instance, Yes Network, okay? Yes Network is owned by the New York Yankees carries Yankees games. Yes Network has had so many ancillary shows for just the Yankees, okay? Like Yes Network is so much more than just Yankees games. Here are some of the ancillary shows that have been on Yes Network for just the Yankees. Yankees Hot Stove, Yankees Classics, Yankees Batting Practice Today. Yes, a show during batting practice. Forget about a pregame show because there's that too, Yankees pregame show, but Yankees batting practice today. Basically a pre-pregame show, a Yankees postgame show, Yankeeography, which is like a biography show of Yankees greats. Yankeeography Moments of Glory, Homegrown, The Path to Pinstripes, a show about the Yankees triple A team. The Scranton Wilkesbury Rail Riders. Imagine Masson <laughs> having a show about the Nats AAA team. Imagine a show about the Rochester Red Wings. That's like unthinkable, right? And yet that is a thing for the Yankees RSN. So, you know, this is an extreme example, but hopefully you get the idea. Imagine an RSN that offered a lineup like that of Nats programming and also Orioles programming, okay? Think about what that could mean for the growth 
of each team's fan base and for the growth of baseball in this area, period. But you know what? Put all of these things aside. Put aside the ancillary programming thing. Put aside even the money thing. How the mass in dispute these days is most hurting the Nats is in holding up the sale of the Nats. And this scenario, in a lot of ways, has taken the mass in dispute to a whole new level, okay? Because the withholding of money is one thing. The lack of ancillary programming is one thing. The holding up of something as important of the sale of the team, to me, is another thing. And what has become pretty apparent is that the sale of the Nats has stalled thanks to the Masson dispute. And so the Nats are stuck in this lame duck ownership situation and are going to be in this situation for who knows how long. Now, a realistic way for the Nats out of the Masson dispute would be them buying their television rights from the O slash Masson. Remember the number one key thing in this Masson dispute. This ridiculous Masson setup features the O slash Masson having the Nats television rights in perpetuity. Not for 10 years, not for 20 years, in perpetuity, forever. This deal was so dumb on the part of MLB, which completely caved to the Orioles owner, Peter Angelos, and why I will never understand, but that's what happened. However, you think about this now, okay? If the O slash Masson now are getting beat up in these court decisions and are having to pay the Nats hundreds of millions of dollars in money owed to the Nats, and and this may be as important as anything, the RSN model is collapsing, then maybe just maybe the cost for the Nats, likely via a new owner, to buy their television rights from the O slash Masson is coming down. And that maybe more than anything is the takeaway from what happened on Tuesday morning. Maybe just maybe we now are on a path to the cost of the Nats buying their television rights from the O slash Masson coming down. And I stress that word maybe because the answer may be no, okay? So this is not definite, but I think it's something to think about. And, you know, I mentioned the RSN model collapsing. It is. You know, we in March had big news. Diamond Sports Group, which owns 19 RSNs, uh, it in March filed for Chapter 11 restructuring. Diamond took on $8 billion of debt to acquire the RSNs in 2019. But Diamond has been ravaged by cord cutting. The RSN bubble is popping. The RSN model is collapsing. There is a major paradigm shift happening. Where it's taking us in terms of sports TV, nobody's quite sure. But things are changing. Of that much, we are sure. And, you know, I look at that and I say, again, maybe, okay, nothing is definite here. But what is happening with regional sports networks in conjunction with this Nats run of legal victories in the Masson dispute, maybe, possibly, those two things are lowering the price for the Nats television rights from the O slash Masson to where new Nats ownership could work out an arrangement by which the new ownership could A, buy the Nats from the learners, and B, buy the team's television rights from the O slash Masson. That's a lot of money, I know. You know, it may be that you have to pay, say, you know, two plus billion for the Nats and a half a billion, maybe another billion for the Nats television rights. Like it may be like that. You know, that's why the Nats could desperately use someone like a Jeff Bezos or an Elon Musk to be interested in buying the team. Someone who, you know, has hundreds of billions of dollars and wouldn't care so much about spending an extra bill to buy 
than ads television rights. So, you know, just something to think about here. I mean, you, you try to think about ways out of this mass in dispute. And that's the thing that seems to be the most realistic way. And that may even be far-fetched, but the ads buying their television rights from the O slash Masson. Everything has a price. There is a number at which the O slash Masson would sell those Nats television rights. But what that number is, is hard to say. I know that it has been said that if slash when the Angelos family sells the O's, that that could help to bring an end to the Masson dispute, perhaps. But, you know, it's hard to see how and why new Orioles ownership would be itching to get rid of something as valuable as another team's television rights. Unless, and I have thought about this, unless MOB somehow made it so that MOB would not approve any new ownership of the O's, unless it agreed to sell the Nats television rights to the Nats. Uh, But I don't know how realistic that is. Someday, somehow, some (laughs) way, this mass and dispute has to end. Enough is enough. Hopefully, we are on the way toward that. But of course, it may be that we are not. This thing has been going on for a very long time. And it is a tedious thing. I get it. But it is a big deal. It is an important deal if you're a Nats fan. You tell us what you think. You can tweet us at Nats underscore chat. You can email the podcast, NatsChatPodcast at gmail.com, including if you would like to sponsor the Nats Chat Podcast. Email Tim Shovers at NatsChatPodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram too, at Nats Chat Podcast. All Nationals radio highlights on Nats Chat are courtesy of 106.7 The Fan. Thank you to Tim Newmark for the Nats Chat Podcast music. Visit timnewmark.com. I'm Al Galdi. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next time on the Nats Chat Podcast. The offering home, fly ball towards the alley in left center field, long run, unable to get to it. It is by Kowser and rolls out there by the bullpen. Baker's on his way to second base with a double. So there's the first hit in this series for Darren Baker.